Have you ever taken a class that you thought you did okay in, but when the grades came out, you found out you didn't pass? Back in the day when I began working as a college learning disability specialist, the first thing that I noticed was that most of the students who came to me came to me with the same problem. I study and I study and I study, but I can't pass the class. What can I do differently? How can I pass the class? I even had a student come to me whose professor told her, do not take this class with me again. And that's a pretty extreme situation. By the way, at the end of the podcast, I'll tell you how that student passed her class. So it was my job to see what I could do to help her and to help the other students who were struggling in class and not passing figure out how they could pass their classes. Because the bottom line with all of this is you're going to go to college to learn a trade and to learn a skill and to have a future career and you need to gain the knowledge that these classes provide. So if you can't pass the class, it complicates everything. So today we're going to examine what happens and what you should do next if you're not passing the class. Welcome to College Disabilities and Success, Episode 25, Not Passing, Now What? by Mickey Hayes. The opinions in this podcast are my own, but please reach out to your college, physician, or legal services for any additional information. Have a pencil and paper ready because today's podcast is going to be crammed full of different ideas that you might want to consider with regards to what you're doing right now and how you may improve that situation for the future so that you begin to pass your classes with no problem. Now, I broke this down into six main headings, and I'll just give you a quick once over on those, and then I'll go into those a little deeper. The first one is to revisit the disability services, and I'll talk about that in just a second and explain all the things that you might want to ask them about. The second one is to re-examine how often you interact with your professor and how closely you follow the syllabus. The third one, we're going to re-examine your scheduling and the kinds of schedules and the ways that you may be able to adjust your scheduling that could impact your grades. The fourth one, we're also going to talk about seeing a career counselor for their ideas. The fifth thing we're going to talk about is how you're handling your personal space and your personal time. And I'll make some suggestions with regards to that. And then the last one we're going to talk about, the sixth one, is a whole bunch of different strategies that you could do depending on the way you learn information. So first, we're going to talk about revisiting the disability services specialist. There are several things that you could talk to that disability services specialist about. You could have a conversation about possibly getting a note taker. Find out if you qualify for a note taker and learn about their method of arranging note takers. Because note takers can be done in confidence. You can actually have a note taker and the other students would not even be aware of it if that is important to you. The other thing that you could talk to the disability services about is possibly getting a reduced course load. Now, a reduced course load means that you won't have the number of credits per semester that a full-time student would normally have. But with that accommodation of a reduced course load, you would still have all the rights and privileges of a full-time student. 
do realize that if you use a reduced course load, it will take you longer to graduate. It's a specific accommodation that you would need to talk to the disability services about, find out if you qualify for it, and find out their procedure for arranging that accommodation. Another accommodation that disability services may be able to talk to you about is something called course substitution. Now, course substitution is a complex accommodation, and it doesn't happen very quickly. But with a course substitution, if your disability warrants it, you may find that you can take a different course and substitute it for the one that you're struggling with. And a lot of times, students get course substitutions in math. Now, if you get a course substitution in math, for example, you can't do it if your major is something that is math critical. But if your major is something that really is not math critical, that may become a possibility for you. So you could possibly get a course substitution in math. You may be able to get one in a foreign language, perhaps. You need to talk to the disability services and find out how they do that procedure and what the parameters and the guidelines are for that, and do you even qualify? Because not everybody qualifies for a course substitution. You might also talk to the disability services specialist about possible assistive technology. There may be some sort of technology that they have available that will help you out depending on that area that you're struggling in. So that may be an option as well. So there's a lot of things you could have conversations about with the disability services specialist. And those are all unique situations to every individual. And that's why it's not something that's just carte blanche, everybody gets it. But you may be able to gain additional accommodations if you go back and speak to the disability specialist. Now, the second thing I would talk to students about is I would find out how often they interact with the professor. Every professor has office hours. They are required to have office hours, and they're there for you. That is the loneliest time of the professor's day. Most students don't use the office hours. Take advantage of that opportunity to meet with the professor, because sometimes the professor can guide you and help you and kind of figure out where you're struggling before it becomes too late. Because if you just keep failing a test and failing a test and failing a test, if you don't go see them to find out what you can do differently, you're going to follow that path all the way to the end and end up having to repeat the course, if you even are able to repeat the course. So talk to the professor and find out if that individual can help you. If you have a minute, re-listen to episode 22, where I interview a former student, Jimmy, and he talks a lot about the benefits of spending time getting to know the professors. It made a huge difference in his success. My other question with regards to talking to the professors is, how closely do you know that syllabus? If you never look at it and you have no clue as to how they are calculating your grade, then it shouldn't be a real surprise if you don't pass. Because if you have no idea what goes into calculating your grade, then how would you even know what you need to do or not do to be successful in that course? So look closely at the syllabus. My third suggestion to you would be to re-examine your scheduling. First of all, I do not recommend you take summer classes. Summer classes are very intense. They're usually a shortened semester. They're longer class sessions. The professors expect more in a shorter amount of time. And depending on the disability issues that you're dealing with, they can be extremely challenging. Register early for your semester, as soon as you can, and then choose wisely. If you don't function well in the morning, 
try to schedule afternoon classes. It makes no sense to have an 8 a.m. class if because of your disability or any medications or anything that complicates that for you to try and show up at 8 a.m. because you're not there 100% and you're not focused 100%. Now, if you wait to sign up for your schedule till the very end, you get slim pickings. But if you're early enough and register as soon as you can, then you can choose classes that fit to your needs. I suggest taking breaks in between your classes if it is all possible. Because if you can take breaks, it helps you to regroup. It helps you to refocus. It helps you to go over what you just did before you get hit with another subject. So I think personally, I think breaks help if you can get them. You might want to explore an online class versus an on-campus class. Are you struggling online? Should you be on campus? Are you struggling on campus? Should you be online? Should you take a hybrid version where part of the time you're online and part of the time you're on campus? These are all questions and these are all options that many colleges offer you. The other question is, how often does your class meet a week? Are you meeting one time a week for a very intensive four-hour class? Or are you meeting two or three days a week where you're getting the information in short bursts rather than one big, long, extensive burst. Usually, if you can stretch out your classes to two or three days a week, then they're a little bit easier to deal with if you're struggling in those classes. You may find out that if there is a particular class that you just can't get and you know you're going to have a problem with it, you may end up having to take it by itself. And that's one of those things that you have to decide for yourself. Or take it with a class that's a lighter weight class. Try not to schedule one, two, or three heavy classes in a row that have a ton of reading and writing and studying because some classes are real intensive and some classes are a little bit lighter and they're more flexible. So look very closely at how you arrange those classes in your schedule. I have found, though, that students who just take anything wherever and don't give thought to how they're scheduling their classes, those are the students that have the most trouble because they haven't really thought about their personal situation and their personal needs with regards to their disability. My fourth suggestion is to revisit a career counselor and revisit your career plan because you may need to explore a course plan that is a little bit different than the one you started out with. For example, if you want to be a nurse, that's all you've ever wanted to be in your entire life, but you just aren't getting there, you're not making it, talk to the career counselor and find out what other options are available to you where you can still be actively involved in hospital work and helping people that need your help in the hospital, but possibly a different career other than a registered nurse. In episode 20, I talked about career plans and I mentioned ONET. You might want to revisit that episode because that is an extremely valuable resource. Look at the different options that ONET has because ONET splits up its careers into levels of education. So the career that you can do after you start with an associate's degree is different than the career you can do once you get a bachelor's degree. There's a lot of different variations in a career plan and ONET really spells those out very nicely. So talk to your career counselor and get their input. My next suggestion, my fifth suggestion, is to take a look at your what you're doing on your personal time. Can you find yourself a mentor? Can you find somebody who knows that subject well? and can tutor you? Can you join a support group 
There are support groups online where other people may offer suggestions of things that they did to improve their ability to pass classes that you and I may not have thought of. So reach out to support groups that are in person or possibly online. Take a look at your calendar. How are you breaking up your studying time? Where are you dedicating your study time? So look at your personal space there. How much of your time is spent on the work stuff that we have to do every day? Maybe you have a job. Maybe you have kids. You have other responsibilities throughout the day besides school. So during your free time, how do you budget your studying time? Because you may not be budgeting that correctly. So for that fifth example, take a look at your personal time and all of the ways that you can get support and help during those personal hours. And the last technique I'm going to talk about is how are you studying? Because how you are studying makes a huge difference in your output. So I suggest, first of all, that you revisit my podcasts, episode 7 to episode 12. Because on those podcasts, I provided a lot of different suggestions and ideas about helping you to memorize things and remember things, learn from your mistakes, and some strategies that you could do that would help you. Now, in episode 9, I asked about the kind of a learner you are. Are you a visual learner? Are you an auditory learner? Or are you a tactile kinesthetic learner? So let's take a look at those. If you're a visual learner, you like things neat, organized, you like things clearly marked, you like diagrams and pictures, you like notes on the board, you like to create lists of things you can do, you close your eyes to try and recall what you saw on the board or in the book, you're detailed and you tend to notice when things change and you prefer to be shown how to do something so that you can look and learn. So visual learners should do strategies that take in visual strengths. So you should be really focused on any materials that the teacher hands out. Diagrams, pictures, color coding is a big help. Notes on the board, creating lists. I had one student walked into the office, asked me what he could do, and I started pulling out from my big bag of tricks and I said, well, one of the things you could do is is you could take a chapter from a book and start making a list of all the things you need to know. No answers, just a list. And then use it as a checkoff list so you can figure out what you already know and what you still need to learn. And he said, oh, that's great. I like that idea. Okay, thanks. Bye. And I said, but wait, I have more. He said, nope, nope, I like this. This will do what I need. And that was that. So sometimes it's just a matter of finding the right strategy. So visual learners like to see things visually and clearly. Auditory learners like to have verbal directions. They like the lectures. They want it explained to them and explained clearly. They enjoy things like role-playing, acting, listening, to things like podcasts. They remember what they said for a long time because they're auditory. They're speaking it, they're hearing it. One of the auditory activities that works very well is if you tape record yourself, but record tape record the question and leave some dead space on the recorder, let it run blank before you fill in the answer and see if you can guess the answer when you review before you hear the correct answer right behind the question. That works really effectively if you like to study using auditory strategies. 
auditory learners might move their lips or whisper under their breath, subvocalizing to themselves when they're taking a test. They prefer oral directions to a place. They don't want to look at a map. They want you to tell them how to get to where they need to go, whereas a visual learner wants to look at a map. Auditory learners are often easily distracted by noise, and sometimes if it's out of sight, it's out of mind. So when you're studying with auditory techniques, use things like tape recorders, talk to yourself, act it through. In your mind, think of a scenario that you can place your story in. But do things that are auditory. Talk to somebody else. Explain it to somebody else. Explain it to your dog. Explain it to your baby. They love it when you talk to them and you're teaching yourself the information that you need. If you're a tactile kinesthetic learner, you like the physical. You like the movement. You prefer to study usually in short segments. You like the breaks. You find yourself easily distracted because you want to keep moving. You like things trial and error. You're one of those people that somebody hands you a piece of equipment. You don't want to see the directions. You just start immediately doing what you have to do, and you'll figure it out along the way. You tend to feel things, like feel where you're going. You kind of have a sense of where you're going, even though you might not be following an oral direction or a map. You sort of have a sense of things. Tactile kinesthetic learners like to use manipulatives. They like to use things that they can put in their hands, like models, experiments, samples. I had a student one time who baked bread every time she had to study for a test. The act of kneading the bread over and over and over again while she was studying whatever she needed to learn helped her to remember. So she made that connection between the tactile movement and learning the information. Anything where you're doing movement and you're connecting it to the information you need to learn. Tactile learners write things down. You like to write notes for everything because that helps you to remember. So you're the sticky note person. You've got those notes all over the place. Now you have visual, auditory, and tactile kinesthetic. The ideal situation is a blending of all of those. So listen closely to what I just said. Maybe re-listen to that portion of the podcast and figure out the way that you learn the best. Because if you're looking at a textbook, clearly you have to read it. But if reading is a struggle, get a subscription to Learning Ally. Talk to Disability Services and arrange that accommodation. Talk to the Disability Services about assistive technology that you could use because it's available to you for free if you go to talk to the Disability Services. So use your visual and your auditory by reading the book, but listening to it at the same time, and then throw in tactile kinesthetic so that you're marking in the book with a pen or a pencil. You might highlight a line here and there or a word here and there, but take the pen and pencil or pencil and star it, put an initial by it, check it off as important, underline it, circle it, some way that your eye can catch it visually when you're going back and looking at the material. Don't not write in your book because you want to sell it back to the bookstore unless you don't need to do that, unless you don't need to write in it. But if you're struggling, use that book, write in it, make notes in it, use it or handouts, whatever the instructor gives you. Just use those with a pen or pencil in your hand and blend up the auditory, the visual, and the tactile kinesthetic processes. I hope you found some value in the information today. 
I know I hit you with a lot of information, but I think it's really important that when you are struggling at college, that you really re-examine why that's happening and figure out what you can do differently to correct it. Because most of the time, it is correctable. You just have to figure out who you need to talk to, how they can help you. Is your help coming from an outside source or is it coming from within? Is it coming from something that you need to do differently? By the way, the student who came to me after the professor said, don't take my class again, signed up for the professor again and started running into the same problem. I finally convinced the student to not throw away the papers that she failed, but bring them to me. Because the only way we were going to help her is to re-examine her mistakes. You have to learn from your mistakes. And so if you don't go back and see where you went wrong on a paper that you wrote or on a test that you took, you're bound to repeat the problem again and again. So when all is said and done, take some time, go back over the errors that you had on that assignment and learn. Learn from your mistakes. By the way, the student passed the class once we did that, and life was good. When you have time, go to mickeyteaches.com, M-I-C-K-I-E, teaches.com. And on my resource page, I have a whole lot of articles and things that I've written in a blog that might help you, give you some insights. So take a look at that. And also when you go to my blog, when you click on those articles and go to my blog, there's a whole list of additional resources there that you might find helpful. You can also reach me at mickeyteaches at gmail.com. If you have any questions, feel free to send me an email and I'll see what I can do to help you out as well. Have a great rest of the day and I will be talking to you soon. Bye. Information contained throughout this podcast has been gleaned from my own personal experiences. But to ensure accuracy, please contact the Disability Services at the college of your choice to have firsthand information and the most up-to-date policies and procedures followed by your particular institution of higher education. The content in any of these podcasts is not intended as a substitute for information from legal, educational, or medical professionals. Always seek the advice of your attorney or qualified health care provider with any questions you may have with regards to legal, educational, or medical concerns.